PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today as we talk investing, finance, and retirement with John and Nick once again here on the airwaves with me uh, on Retired Planning Redefined. And we're going to pick up with our conversation on annuities. Uh, We were doing this uh, series or this session on annuities, and we're going to talk about fixed deferred annuities as well as variable annuities today on the show. But before we get into all that, let's say hey to the guys. Nick, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Good, good. Just, uh, you know, we're in the new year now and uh, things are off to the races uh, for sure. It's been <laughs> they're, uh, they're not a hectic. What races? We don't know. But yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's true. Uh, been a hectic start to the year, but uh, looking forward to the new year. John, how about yourself? You doing all right? Yeah, doing good. Just just busy. Um, and like Nick said, it's been an interesting uh, three weeks to start out the <laughs> yeah, year, right. to say the least. But, I, don't know if uh, you guys, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that meme that says, um, I'd like to cancel my subscription to 2021. I tried <laughs> the seven-day free trial and I'm not happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen ones too where it's like this is week fifty four of twenty twenty. Yeah, something like uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah, pretty uh, interesting times that we're continuing to live in. Yeah, so actually, my wife uh, got the vaccine. First oh, did one she? Yesterday, she's a nurse, so oh. uh, she was uh, you know nervous a little bit, uh-huh. but also excited that she could uh, just not have to think about it. You know, once she yeah. gets the shot, and I think it, I think it's six months to a year, roughly, that uh, they say the immunity from it. Um, oh, okay. You know, to be determined, but I think six months at least. I hear depending so on uh, which company you get it from, it's a series of shots, and they say maybe you, you might feel bad for a day or two after it. How, how'd she do? Uh, not too bad, although last night um, we're putting one of the kids to bed, and, and she comes in, and she's like, hey, where's your EpiPen? I'm like, EpiPen? Like, well, what do you need that for? Right. And uh, her throat started to uh, feel like it was tightening up, but it went away within uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, so that was it. Honestly, she's she's doing well, and uh, you know she's doing good. So. Good, good to hear. Yeah, certainly interesting. I mean, obviously the the virus itself affects so many people different ways, and then apparently the vaccine does the same. Uh, my business partner, uh, his wife's a nurse, and same thing with her. She got the shot, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, had had a really bad headache. I think was her side effect from it, but I think that was about it. So you just never know how it's going to affect everybody. So I'm glad to hear she's doing well and. Be curious to uh, keep an eye on that as we move along, how the vaccines and all that stuff's going. But for now, like I said, let's talk about annuities. Let's get into part two of this. I mentioned at the top of the uh, podcast kickoff, we're going to talk about two types today, fixed deferred uh, and variable. So let's start with fixed deferred, guys. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, fixed deferred annuities, uh, you know, kind of recapping what we went through last time, you know, any, anytime you get into annuity, you really got to look at the company you're going with because the guarantees are based on the uh, issuing company and how strong they are. But, um, you know, just kind of go over a fixed deferred annuity. It's, it's very simple, similar to a, a CD issued by a bank, just issued by an insurance company. Uh, you have, a, you know, a guaranteed rate. You know, there are some that just give you a minimum interest guarantee where they'll say you, your minimum interest is, is 1%, but it can fluctuate based on, you know, some factors. The most popular ones that, that we typically use are where they, it's a multi-year guarantee where it will say, okay, over a five-year period, you're getting... Two and a half percent or three percent over that five-year period. Typically, you know, I said typically because there's always some outliers. Typically, no fees. Again, just comparing it to a, a CD, you know, no fees on it. You're just getting your two and a half percent for that five-year period or three-year period, whatever you pick. You know, we typically find that these rates are normally a little bit higher than CD rates. You know, so it's very competitive in that space, just looking for something just very simple. Mm -hmm. Let me just get a fixed rate. I don't, I don't want to worry about any of these other moving parts. Just, I just want a fixed interest rate with no risk. Yeah. And I would add to that from the perspective of, you know, from a, from a functionality standpoint, as far as how the rates are fixed, there are some similarities with CDs, but is it, it is important to understand that, you know, CDs typically have FDIC you know, coverage or insurance because they are issued from a bank, you know, up to the, the limits that the FDIC provides, whereas the guarantees in a CD are going to be from the insurance company. So uh, we know that that's, uh, you know, a concern that people have when they bring it up or talk about it. So we always like to point that out. And then on top of that, you know, from the perspective of um, keeping in mind that annuities by rule, by default, they have limited access to money until 59 and a half or after. So if it's money that somebody's using that is a non-retirement account and they're younger than 59 and a half, it's, it's, make, it's important to make sure that they remember uh, that rule, that 59 and a half rule. But the positive is that it does provide tax deferred growth. So in other words, you don't get a 1099 from the bank or from the insurance company every year on, on your interest like you would in a non-retirement account if it was in a CD. So, you know, the, the rates, the, the taxation and kind of the protection uh, side of things are, are some differences between those. Okay. Yeah. And, and also, you know, and just going back to what we talked about in our la the first annuity session, you know, there are surrender periods on this. There are surrender charges, um, which will make them different than, than CDs. Um, so just, you know, if you need a recap of that, just kind of go to our last podcast and we kind of went through the basics of annuities, which is going to apply really to, um, you know, the fixed, the variable and the index, which we'll be going through. Okay. Right. And you know, a lot of times when people think about, uh, different you know, financial products, we often hear about the three qualities of money where you're looking for growth, safety, or liquidity, and every, you know, different kind of vehicle provides different things. Often when we think of annuities, we think of maybe the growth and the safety aspect, but without. Uh, some of that liquidity you guys were talking about. But again, every, since there's different kinds of annuities, you want to check and see really what the pros and cons are going to be for your specific situation. So a fixed deferred might be something that works really well for you in your situation. But again, you want to go through that with an advisor. And then the variable, this tends to get kind of more of the bad rep, I suppose. So break down some a bit on the variable annuities horse, guys. Sure. So essentially what a variable annuity is um, and what it does is it, it combines the um, structure of 
you know, being able to invest in mutual fund like investments, where in a, in a variable annuity, they're called sub accounts. So it combines um, that with the chassis of, of an annuity, which provides tax deferred growth on the, the growth of, of the account. So these became a little bit more popular back in the 80s, where you would have high income people that were looking to save additional money. Maybe they were maxing out their 401k plans or their retirement plans at work. They're in a high income, you know, maybe a high income state or, you know, just in general, high federal tax bracket. And so they were looking for additional ways to invest their money and the, they would use the variable annuity contracts to provide them with that tax deferred growth on the dollars um, and not get a 1099 each year on their investments. And so, you know, over time, as tax rates changed and really became a little bit more favorable over the last 20 or 30 years, the popularity of the contracts became less and less. And then what the insurance companies did was they started to add different uh, riders and different guarantees onto these contracts, almost like an additional layer that comes over the top that provided some additional guarantees to really just kind of incentivize people to, to use them. And so, John, if you want to, you know, talk a little bit about some of those guarantees and, you know, really the reason why many people that, you know, really have owned them over the last 10 or 15 years uh, own them. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll start with some of the, the less common ones and we'll end with probably the most common. And Nick does a good job exp- expanding the uh, income ones. But um, they have some where basically your principal's guaranteed and, and not so popular anymore. But I've seen some contracts where, you know, you might get in today. And they'll guarantee your principal uh, payment over a ten-year period. So, example, you put in one hundred thousand. They guarantee over the next ten years. You know, if the market goes down, you'll at least walk away with your hundred thousand dollars. So, you get a principal guarantee, and they'll have a, a term period where they'll where they'll put that guarantee. So, example, you know, year nine, your account's at eighty grand. You put in a hundred. Once you hit the ten-year anniversary, they just give give you your hundred thousand back. Um, there are some death benefit guarantees to it where we've seen some contracts where, again, your principal payment has a death benefit. So if the market drops, you at least get what your principal payment was. And then there's actually some riders where the death benefit will e- increase automatically, uh, regardless of what the market is doing. It was very popular maybe about 10 years ago as long-term care riders on this, where they'd put, if you qualify for long-term care insurance, so you know lose two of your six ADLs, the annuity would kick in some type of uh, income for long-term care expenses. Um, Those have really dwindled down over the last few years because of just the cost for facilities. Uh, You know, Nick, I'm not sure if you see too many of that nowadays. I know I haven't seen any good ones, but um, I'll let you kind of talk on if you've seen any any good long-term care riders on these contracts. No, I haven't seen that that much. And and really the main um, you know, rider that we see on the different contracts or what are called, you know, guaranteed withdrawal benefits or guaranteed income benefits, uh, sometimes referred to as GMIB or GMWB. And when we do our classes, we really kind of try to harp on these from the perspective of just explaining how they work. And, you know, really in this sort of venue, this sort of avenue, what we would just recommend to people is that, you know, if it sounds familiar that you have a variable annuity and or a variable annuity with some sort of income rider that you know guarantees you some income, it's good to have somebody help you review that contract and make sure that you understand how it works. 
So essentially, um, you know, there's just like anything, there's kind of both sides and then the truth is in the middle somewhere. <laughs> right. So, and, and these sorts of contracts, they can be good. And just like anything else, some are better than others. Um, and there are some contracts that have really held up over the last decade, you know, 12, 15 years that have been beneficial, even to the extent where insurance companies will offer incentives to the contract owners to essentially try to buy them out, you know, because the guarantees are good. So essentially what happens, and just to kind of, you know, use an example, let's say that you have a deposit of $200,000 into the contract. And the insurance company is going to go ahead and offer a rider that uh, has a guaranteed appreciation on that initial deposit. And usually it's either a simple interest or a compound interest. So that's important to know because some companies might say, hey, you know, we offer 7% growth on the rider, but it's simple. And, you know, over time, a 5% compound could beat that. So it's important to, to understand how that works. And then at a certain point in time, they offer a guaranteed withdrawal amount um, off of that guaranteed appreciation amount. So just to use you know, basic numbers and try to help people understand how it works. So let's say you deposit that 200,000 and you know, over a 10 year period, which is usually the maximum growth period of, of those riders, that goes ahead and it, it doubles over the 10 years. So the guaranteed appreciation amount on the rider goes to 400,000. And then maybe they guarantee you a 4% withdrawal rate on that. So it's the 4% on the 400,000. So that'd be about 16,000 a year. And normally the way that those will work is that that 16,000 a year is guaranteed for your lifetime. So even if the underlying account balance goes to zero, the, the income is guaranteed for your lifetime. Some of them also will offer a, a guaranteed income for both lives. You know, So if you are a married person for you and your spouse, so where people will get a little bit confused is that they may assume that that 400,000 number is their money is like the real money. And if they wanted to cash out in year 10 or 11, that they can actually cash out that 400,000 number. And that's usually not the case. You know, usually it's the underlying value, which inevitably because of expenses and things like that is going to be lower. So in this sort of situation, it could be something like 300,000 which is the actual, what we'll often call real money. So, you know, just like anything else, it's really important to, you know, we really just emphasize and harp on the fact that it's important to know what you have. It's important to understand how it works. It's essential to know how it impacts your overall plan. So with these sorts of contracts, you know, we do think that they can be a fit in many people's plans, you know, especially if maybe there's not a pension or something like that. So it's important to understand how they work, make sure that the guarantees that you thought are built into it, and make sure you understand how it, how it factors into your plan. And, and I would say, you know, from the, from the standpoint of, you know, pitfalls to avoid, uh, where we've seen people really get into trouble are if they put too much of their nest egg into it. You know, we, we typically recommend a maximum of 20 to 25% of investable assets into something like this if you're going to do it because of some of the negatives. John, if you want to jump in on, you know, just some of the negatives overall so that people understand the things to look for. Yeah, you, you really need to, you know, devils are in the details on these things and you just need to understand, you know, your limitation to your money in some of this, mm -hmm. where some negatives we've seen is where someone's doing the withdrawal benefit and they try to take extra money out more than what they're 
the guaranteed amount that's on the contract or what they're supposed to, it could really mess with how long the money's going to last at that at that point or what your minimum, you know, pension benefits going to be your income withdrawal. So that's something to really understand. That's why Nick was saying you don't want to put too much into this because if you need access to money, this is not where you want to go. You almost want to kind of set it up. And if you can do the income withdrawal, just kind of forget about it from a accessing standpoint more than what your you know income withdrawal is. So that's something to be aware of. These, you know, why these typically get a bad rap and Mark, I know you mentioned at the beginning, it's really the fees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, when you put a income benefit on this, you can look at anywhere from three to 4% overall in fees. So there's a mortality and expense fee. I'm just throwing out some averages, could be like 0.95%. There's an admin fee, you know, could be 0.2. The investment you're going into could range anywhere from, you know, 0.3 to 1%. And then the rider itself, which is that guarantee, um, can range from 0.5 to 1.4. So you could see that when you start adding all that up, it really makes a big difference uh, or, or really adds up a big amount in the fees. Not saying that's necessarily bad. It's just important to understand what you're in and how it works for you. Just to kind of follow up on that, it, it, you know, the fees are, are usually coming out of the performance, not out of the riders. So that's important to understand. And again, you know, just like anything else, it's important to understand how things work and how it fits into your overall plan um, and just uh, just get kind of an analysis on on it and making sure that it's working how you expect it to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're doing a little session here on annuities, a couple episodes on this, but like any financial vehicle, you want to make sure it's the right fit for you by working with an advisor. You can learn some information and certainly uh, get a good working knowledge. Many folks do not want to understand the complete nuts and bolts, and that's why they turn to an advisor. But finding the right one for you and the right product for you is paramount really in anything that you do. So as always, before you take any action, you should check with a qualified professional like John and Nick at PFG Private Wealth. You can call them at 813-286-7776. That's 813-286-7776 before you take any action. If you've got some questions, you can also go to the website, pfgprivatewealth.com. Shoot them an email that way. Contact them that way at pfgprivatewealth.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'll be doing another episode on annuities here coming up very soon. So subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you'd like. And that way you get new episodes as they come out, as well as can check up on some past episodes. It's Retirement Planning Redefined. Search that in any of the boxes or any of the apps, excuse me, as you'd like to. Whether it's Apple, which is probably on your phone already, Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, already pre-installed on your phone most of the time. Just open up those apps, type in Retirement Planning Redefined. You should be able to find it that way. And that's another way you can subscribe. And that's going to do it for us this week here on the podcast around annuities. Again, we were talking about fixed as well as variable. And if you've got questions, reach out to John and Nick, 813-286-7776. For John, for Nick, I'm Mark. We'll see you next time here on the podcast.